0: Open your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verse 23. How many brought a Bible today, or a smart Bible, or an electronic Bible, or something? You're going to need it, okay? Is it okay to have Bible study in church? Yes. Is it okay to do that on a Sunday morning, have a Bible study? Wow, wouldn't that that's pretty amazing, isn't it? <laughs> well, thank you guys for letting, giving me the opportunity and the privilege to uh, to have a Bible study this morning. When we need to lay a foundation of, of something, it's very important that you find it in the Word of God. I don't want to just tell you my opinion of something and, and throw it out there and you say, well, Pastor Paul said such and such. I want you to know that it's in the Word of God and it's what he has said and what and it's founded in the Word of God. So it's important on messages like that to really, for you to know what the foundation is. And so we're going to look at several foundational scriptures this morning. Uh, in Matthew or In Mark chapter... 11 verse 23 is a familiar passage that Jesus says reading from the New King James Version says for assuredly I say to you whoever says to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things that he says will be done he will have whatever he says now notice verse 24 right in this he says therefore I say to you whatever things you ask when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them Verse 25, he goes on to talk about when you're praying, if you, if you need to forgive somebody, forgive them so that you're forgiven. So he gives a lot of, he really sandwiches this verse in with a lot of statements about prayer. So I want you to know that, uh, in fact, the title for the message today is when mountain, when mountain When the Mountain Won't Move. When the Mountain Won't Move. Have you ever spoke to a mountain and you said be moved, and that look back at you and say, I don't think so. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? You know, I, I know I've run up real boldly and, and said to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. And it says, uh-huh, who you are. What you think you're talking about? I think I'll stay right here. Really, Pastor? Well, then what's happening? Well, that's, what, that's a good question. That's why we want to look at this today. What happens? Why is it? You know, what's going on when the mountain won't won't move, when your mountain won't move. Uh, Let's pray. Father, we just come to you today and ask that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Father, that you would just help us to look into your word today and to discover your principles and find the truths that you've given to us, the keys that you have placed within your word, that we might be effective when we are about your business, when we're praying and when we are, uh, Father, when we are standing in for you and we're uh, declaring your will and purpose to be done, Father, uh, just let us see these principles and then be assured of them so that our faith then is strong in these areas, so that when we speak these things and when we, uh, then we know that it's backed up by the word of God, we give you praise in Jesus' name amen and Jesus started out that that passage there in Mark 11 uh, 22 and 23 he says have faith have the faith of God you know, have faith in God so he talks about faith but you know when we don't really understand something completely we, we throw it out there but isn't there just a little bit of reserve back there when we're saying I hope it works not a godly kinda of hope god hope godly kinda of hope is expectation earnest expectation for good and we gotta have expectation when we exercise faith. But the, the thing is, it's when we're not real sure of something, we throw it out there kind of maybe 70% and about 30% back here is saying, I sure hope this works. <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, you know, has anybody ever done any repelling, mountain repelling? First time I ever did that, you know, the guy says, you know, he's standing up there, and he says, okay, you put this harness on, he throws that rope over, he says, hook on here, and you back up, he says, now you lean parallel to the mountain, he says, and everything else is easy, and I'm going, okay, (laughs) I've seen it done, but when you step off that, and you're leaning backwards, and it's just you, and then there's that mountain out here that you're repelling against, there's about 50% of you saying, I know this works, and 50% of you saying, I hope this works. And sometimes I think that's how we get when we pray or when we activate something by faith and put it in, like speaking to the mountain. Sometimes it's, I'm hoping that this mountain moves. Um, We've been looking at this series on the courts of heaven. Somehow or another, I'm asking the Lord to help me to be able to bring this together and sandwich this together so that you can see how important it is and how the the courts of heaven work hand in hand with some of the things as we're functioning in a daily day to day basis. And so I think it has a lot to do when the mountain won't move I think we need to go back to court and find out what happened. You know Jesus. he. The disciples were trying to cast out a demon, and uh over in Mark nine twenty nine. and they came to, uh, they brought this man and his son to Jesus, and Jesus just rebuked the devil and this this demon, and it, it left, and the disciple says, what, I'm paraphrasing, what's up with that? We tried, and it wouldn't, nothing happened. He said, this kind comes by prayer. Some have written in there by fasting, but in the original it says, this kind comes by prayer. And it's like, whoa, well, some kind, some types don't come by prayer well maybe it's already been initiated and so it's just decreeing something to happen but they came to on this particular situation this particular mountain if you will in the form of a demonic spirit it wouldn't move until Jesus came against it and he said and he told him he said this kind comes by prayer well it comes by prayer but Jesus wasn't praying when he rebuked that, that the demon in there in, in Mark nine twenty nine, He wasn't praying, so he had to be praying beforehand. So somehow or another, he'd already got all of the verdicts and the judgments that he needed so that when he confronted the situation, he'd already been before the courts in prayer and he was ready, ready for the situation. You know, we need to be prayed up, and we've heard that before, but we really need to understand what that means. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And that means women too, righteous men and women. The effectual, fervent prayer, effective, fervent prayer accomplishes a lot. And how does that happen? It happens before we get on the battlefield. You know, before we begin to engage the enemy, we need to get everything straightened out here. We need to get, some, uh, get that taken care of before we go out. Now, throw out a couple of thoughts here. When the mountain won't move, I think we fight fire with fire. Think of it that way. Fight fire with fire. Fight a mountain with a mountain. Now a mountain, when we see it in the Bible, is symbolic of... An encounter with God. Remember Moses encountered God up on the mountain? Jesus encountered God, and and there was a uh, Mount of Transfiguration. There was an encounter. Jesus, when he would pray, oftentimes he'd go out into the mountains, and he would pray, and he'd have an encounter with God. So symbolically, in the Bible, when we see mountain, it can symbol an encounter with God. It can symbol a kingdom. It can symbol nations, but it also can uh, symbolize an encounter with the enemy, it can also uh, symbolize an, uh, an obstacle, a hindrance, something that's stopping. So there's two sides of it, symbolically. And so that's where we have to know the difference. Well, we know that there's the mountain of God, right? Have you ever heard that before? Um, so when, we, when the mountain won't move, we, can, we need to come against the mountain with the mountain. We'll talk about that. We'll give you some scripture so that you can see what I'm talking about. There was a song that we used to sing way back... I don't know if we sang it as uh, when I sang in some quartet singing or if we did it as a choir, but Dottie Rambo wrote a song, I Go to the Rock of My Salvation. and Here's uh, the chorus, the words to the chorus. She says, I go to the rock of my salvation, I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain and the mountain stands by me. When the earth all around me is sinking sand, on Christ the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend. I go to the rock. People, i tell you what, well, that's some pretty good words right there. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. When the earth all around me is sinking sand on Christ's solid rock, I'll stand, you know, when I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. When um, I run to the mountain, and the mountain stands by me. Now, think about that. I run to the mountain, and the mountain stands by me. We, gotta, we need to go to the mountain In Prayer so that the mountain is standing by us when we confront a mountain that needs to be removed. Did that make sense? In our time of prayer we need to come to the mountain of God We need to go to the mountain of God so that God is standing with us when we are out now on our daily business or ministry or whatever and we confront obstacles or mountains that are coming to our way I want you to turn to the 12th chapter of Hebrews and this is a pretty large passage of Scripture. But I want to tell you something. When I had a, um, an experience in 2013, a, a death experience, I shared some of that uh, um, a few, uh, several months after that happened. Part of what I didn't share was the first part of that. The people talks about, uh, pardon me? Yeah, Hebrews 12 and then down like 22 through is where we're going to go. Um, the first part of that vision that I had was, because uh, people talk about... Pastor, you went to hell when you died. <laughs> well, no, uh, went to the and I the message that I preached, our series I taught on that was that uh, to hell and back, because in that, in the battle part of that, in the fighting part of that, was at the gates of hell, was a struggle and and a fighting and a warfare for loved ones and friends and and for many of you and I saw those things. But prior to all of that, there was this. There was this scene, and I I recognized it to be the courts of heaven. But I didn't really understand all of that. I just, you know, it's like, what's up? And as we read Hebrews 12, down a little ways, you'll begin to see some of the things that I I saw. fact, But let's start at verse 18, okay? Can we back up a little bit, Tim? I told you 22, but can we back up to 18? Okay. When we go to the mountain, you know, there was a couple of mountains that that was seen there was Mount Sinai where Moses went had an encounter with God but that was a fearful mountain remember all the Israelites that came out there and they were down like this and God's voice was thundering, and they were like oh don't speak and they wanted to run back and they wanted to hide and it was a bad thing well that's what he's talking about in verse 18 of Hebrews chapter 12 look at it with me he says you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire to darkness gloom and storm to a trumpet blast Or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them. Because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. He says, you haven't come to this mountain. Now, when, you come, when we come to God now in the New Testament, we don't come to this mountain, Mount Sinai, that was so fearful and a God that was so uh, terrifying in a sense through his law and, and there was so much uh, strictness there and all this. He says, that's not where you come. Verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion. Everybody say Mount Zion. Mount Zion. But you have come to Mount Zion. I want you to hold on to that because what we have to do is unveil this to us today to see what he's talking about completely. He says, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem. Now, as we read these verses, I want you to imagine, if you can, what I was seeing, one of the first things that began to unfold before my eyes. To a heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God, you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. To the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men. To the spirits of righteous men made perfect. To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. To the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Wow. That's where we come. I want to suggest to you, and we'll look at scriptures to, to follow it up, that this is the courts of heaven. He says... But you've come to Mount Zion, and we'll look at that. It's the dwelling of God, it's where his throne is, it's where worship is. To the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God, you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. Oh, praise God for those ministering spirits who are there to minister to us who are heirs of salvation. To the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. Yeah, uh, that's, that's where it is. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men, to that great cloud of witnesses that are there, the spirits of righteous men made perfect to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. He's standing there at the right hand. He's there at the throne to be the mediator for us. He says, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. The blood is present there in that court. Verse 25, now look at this. He says, now this is where we've come. He says, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. Who's speaking? What's he talking about here? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. And how does that word come? Well, today you're hearing the word. So I would just say don't refuse me me today as I speak this word today. Don't refuse the word that comes today. Don't refuse what God is saying, what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we? If we turn away from him who warns us from heaven verse 26 at that time his voice shook the earth but now everybody say but now but now he has promised once more I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens not only is going to shake the earth but the heavens things happen in the heavens we battle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against rulers in high places in the heavenly realms okay he says he's gonna shake not only the earth but the heavens verse 27 the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken that is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain so the bottom line is here we come we come before him so that he can shake loose those things that that we've grabbed onto that are hindering us between him and also shake us loose from the hindering one. Okay, shake shake some things loose from us and shake us loose from some things. He says he's going to shake what can be shaken so that what cannot be shaken will stand. What cannot be shaken? The kingdom of God, his will, what he's purposed, what's been written in the books that can't be shaken that can't be changed nothing can 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 shake that loose right so what happens then is then we come in and then as we ask for forgiveness and mercy and as we see him and as we uh it, it, we understand we search ourselves and we ask the holy spirit to search us and to know our ways and we do an inventory then we step away and we allow him to shake us loose from some things So that that he alone is who we're worshiping and that we're serving, that we're there to honor. And also, at the same time, he gives us then a judgment, a verdict that says, okay, and I'm going to shake these things that are hindering you and coming against you, I'm going to shake them loose from their attack, their strongholds that they've established that are against you, I'm shaking them loose from you. Oh, that's good news. That's good news. Amen. Amen. So that's what we want him to do, right? So, the more we judge ourselves, then the less we'll be judged. If we can shake ourselves loose from some of these things, then we won't have to be shaken so hard, right? So, uh, but this all happens before him in these courts of heaven. So, we see what's taking place here in this passage of scripture. Are you following me? Is everybody on board here? So, that takes place. We're there. And, uh, uh, you know, we're coming to Mount Zion, to the courts of heaven, for him to remove what can be shaken so that the kingdom of God will remain again remember that a mountain represents a place of encountering God so we come to Mount Zion where he set up his throne and we encounter him so that he can shake us loose from some things and shake some things loose from us remember verse 22 we saw that but you have come to Mount Zion Mount Zion was established by King David as the seat of power in God's kingdom. In fact, the 87th Psalm, verse 1, David says, he has set his foundation on the holy mountain. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than the the dwelling of Jacob. So David tells us that God has set his foundation here on this mountain. There was literally the Mount Zion there in Jerusalem that David captured and it was the highest point in that whole region around and and david set it apart for god called zion after they would have warfare they would climb that hill of zion and they would show that they were triumphant over their enemies and everyone would uh, would shout and praise god for the victory and there would be worship that would go on it was a place where god dwelled and uh where that they would come before him the, writer, the Old Testament writers Jeremiah and David uh, and, and many more said that Zion is the dwelling of the Lord. God dwelt there. You know, Hebrews 12, says... In the heavenly Jerusalem or in you have come to Mount Zion the heavenly Jerusalem the city of the living God So we see now that there is the real Mount Zion the heavenly Mount Zion the heavenly Jerusalem that, what it was down here was just types and shadows It was just even the tabernacle was here was just to in fact God told Moses when you make this when you build this tabernacle you make it after the design that you've seen from heaven You build it here. So this is just a, a pattern of what really is happening here. Well now that in the New Testament the Mount Zion is is in heaven. It's a heavenly Mount Zion and uh, When it talks about the heavenly Jerusalem the city of the living God that's there as well It's in heaven in fact in Revelation We see some things about this in the 21st chapter if you want to turn to Revelation 21 and verse 1 look what it says about this Heavenly Jerusalem this is where John is standing there and he says then I saw a new heaven and a new earth in Revelation 21 1 saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. Verse 2 I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem. Okay I saw the holy city of the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God because that's where God is dwelling in that heavenly Jerusalem in that heavenly Mount Zion coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now, now this is after, you know this is prophetically, but it says, Now the dwelling of God is with man, men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. So we know that after the seven-year tribulation and after all these things that it's talking about in the book of Revelation, then God brings this heavenly Mount Zion and this new Jerusalem the heavenly new Jerusalem down and he establishes it here on earth and his dwelling now is with man but now it's still in heaven but we have access to that in the spirit realm So I want you to see that it's a heavenly thing right now. It's not here on earth anymore. You know, and what's interesting about it is that the bride, the bridal company, those overcomers that uh, Jesus speaks about when he's dictating this letter to John in in the Revelation, there in chapter 3 of the book of Revelation, you can turn over there, but we see that the bride is significantly connected to this New Jerusalem, to this uh, Mount Zion. In fact, in verse 10, in Revelation 3, where he's telling them to the, the Philadelphia church, which represent the bridal company, the, the full overcomers, he says, since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I also will keep you from the hour of trial that's going to come upon the whole earth uh, to test those who live on the earth. So he says, you know, you're not going to have to go through this tribulation time because you've kept my, the, the word of my patience and uh, throughout your lives and throughout this other time. So... You don't need to be tested in this. And so they're, they're raptured and taken out. Look at verse 11. Jesus tells them in, in the, to the Philadelphia church, to the full overcomers. He says, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem. Which is coming down out of heaven from my God? Notice this in verse twelve. He says, "He that overcomes, he says, I'm going to make I'll make you a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it." Well, what does that mean? If you're going to never again leave it, means that you had to be there a few times and left. Does that make sense? So here's a group of people, full overcomers, that have been accessing Mount Zion this heavenly new jerusalem they have been accessing it but they got to leave it to go back and exercise dominion and authority over the earth and then they go back to this the courts of heaven and they access and he says you know what here's the thing you've overcome this and I'm gonna keep you from all the hour trial that's coming he says and you know what God's gonna do because you've overcome he's gonna make you a pillar in his temple you don't ever have to leave it again you've been coming and having to go back and work and, and, and exercise dominion and authority but you don't have to leave when he sets this thing up so what it says there the main point is is that it's being accessed now are you following that those that are accessing it, that we find, the only ones I see accessing it fully are the, the overcomers, these that he's speaking to, the Philadelphia church. Let's take a little closer look at this mountain Zion. Isaiah chapter 2 is pretty interesting. Isaiah 2, and Micah really quotes this the same. They just change a few words around. But Isaiah chapter 2, and then verse 2. Look at this and underline it. Put a little star out there, your notes, and says courts of heaven, teaching, something like that. Isaiah says in uh, verse 2 of chapter 2, in the last days, so what's he talking about? Not then, but now, okay, or yet future. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple, which we're talking about Mount Zion here, will be established as chief among the mountains. So his kingdom's going to be, far above all other kingdoms. You got that? Uh, His mountain is above other mountains. That's why I say if you want your mountain to move, just go to the mountain, you know, fight fire with fire. But it says his... uh, uh, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills. And that word hills there is the same almost as mountain, but it's like a mountain range. Okay, so it's interchangeably. Hills and mountains, a lot of times they're interchangeable. But rather than a mountain, it means mountains and a range, so to speak. So it just refers to it as translated as hills. He says, uh, it will be raised above the hills and all, the nation, all nations will stream to it. Many people will come, to, uh, will come and say, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from there, or that's a legal term talking about issues and judgment will go out uh, of, from Mount Zion because we know that this is in the last days and the law law of Moses We don't have anymore, right? So it says the law will go out from Zion the word of the Lord from Jerusalem He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many people So we see here the courts of heaven, right that he's exercising his judgments through there and uh, But and his kingdom his mountain is f- far more superior and has more authority than other mountains Amen It'll soak in. Yeah. Really what we're seeing here is a pitch, another picture of the courts of heaven. And um, Psalm 121, you know, I guess we need to see when, we're, when we need help, <laughs> okay? So we're living our life. We're going through what we're going through. <laughs> and we need help. Well, where do we go to? It says, you know... Um, when we need something, well, David said in the, the 121st Psalm, verse 1, the New American Standard translates it like this. It says, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where does my, shall my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. In the King James, the NIV, transfer, translates it like this. I lift up my eyes to the hills or to these mountain ranges. He says, where does my help come from? It's not from all this, but my help comes from the Lord, the mountain of God. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. So where do I go to help uh, for help? I go to the Lord. I, uh, when we're surrounded by all the hills, you know, I looked up my eyes to the. You ever been, felt like you've been surrounded by obstacles and uh, uh, hindrances and trials and and other kingdoms and and other things and you're you got these mountain ranges all around you you got problems all around you and you lift up your eyes to the hills it's like all that you can see all around you is problems all God's children got problems (laughs) and where does my help come from (laughs) you know oh my goodness oh wait a minute my help comes from the Lord he's up there the mount of God back to Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22 He says, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. And so he goes on in verse, the last part of verse 26, uh, it says, but now he has promised once more I will shake not only the, the earth, but also the heavens. And so we see what he's about there. We come to him to remove what can be shaken, these obstacles, these challenges, these uh, enemy strongholds. He shakes those things loose, those strongholds loose. Praise God. Shakes us loose where we've given access. And when we repent of that before him, and then we have a judgment that that we refuse these things anymore. We're not going to give place to them anymore. Now then, they've got to leave. And so that's why we come to it. You can either look there in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2, where you were, or you can turn to Micah chapter 4, verse 1 if you like. Um, It's easier on an electronic Bible. Micah usually is where the pages are stuck together, you know, in your Bible it's kind of hard to get to but it's it's exactly the same except for Micah ch- changes some words where it says nations he says peoples and sometimes where Isaiah says peoples Micah says nations and so i'm going to read Micah's version and you can follow along there in Isaiah if you like but but i want you to hear it again in the last days the mountain of the lord's temple will establish will be established as chief among the mountains we got to remember that he's setting his throne up higher than anything else. And we have access to him. We can come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy. To find grace to help us in our time of need. It says, in the last days the mountain of the Lord will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and peoples will st- and people will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. To the house of the God of Jacob. He will, and look at this teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths the law will go out from Zion the word of the the Lord from Jerusalem he will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for uh, for strong nations far and wide we're also going to receive verdicts from him we've got to understand we can come to the courts so that he can in that, he teaches us his ways, his ways, his character, who he is, who is God. We learn about him in um, Isaiah uh, chapter 60. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. The glory, his abundance, his authority, his power, his wealth, his authority is rising upon us. That's who he is. We learn his ways, how he deals with things, how he, uh, you know, what his glory is all about his character, his nature. We learn his ways in in his throne room, in his courts. And then we're to walk in his paths, in what he set, the paths that he set out for us before the foundation of the world, that he makes known to us. Also, in the ways that he walked, Jesus said, greater things than these shall you do. We follow him, we walk the way he walked, and then we do greater things than he did, right? So it's important for us to learn to come into the courts to Mount Zion if you will learn his ways walk in his paths receive these verdicts for the hindrances that come against us hindrances from adversity and you know I guess the next thing would be well Houston we got a problem we see where we go for our for help we know now we, we can see that that he's established his throne, it's a heavenly throne, we have access to it, we're, we're, we're going there, and, and uh, we're accessing it, and that's all fine and well, but we've got a, another a problem that's kind of hidden. Uh, you know, as we're doing God's work, we really need passion for the projects that he gives us. We need conviction for his cause. We, we, we want to do what God would have us to do, but... It seems like that the our our pathways that we have seem to be filled with these rugged hills and mountains you know we start out with this passion for the project we start out with this you know with such a uh you know a conviction for his cause and and we want to do this but man i'm getting tired of all these mountains have you ever been in the mountains have you ever looked and said oh man look at that beautiful mountain range as you're driving or walking or whatever and it looks like it's just right there. And then you drive and you drive and you drive and you drive. And it's a long ways off, but mountain ranges. And then it's really difficult. When Sandy and I rode the Harley to, to Alaska, we crossed many mountain ranges. And uh, many, many mountain ranges. And, you know, we'd look at them. And then, boys, you get into them, and, you know, you start to get up to 10,000 feet, 12,000 feet, 14,000 feet. Things change. Scenery changes. It's not as warm as it used to be. In fact, we crossed over some snow when we was in in Alaska. You know, we crossed over Haynes Junction, and it had been warm down below. By the time we crossed that, there was snow on the ground. Whoa! What's up? You know, and you know, trip would be so easy. We were averaging 350 miles a day, but in the mountains, we averaging about 120 miles a day. Wow! You ever had that on your your walk with the Lord? We were doing fine, Lord, but we hit these mountains, and man, it slowed us up. And so, after a while, mountains can slow you down. They can tire you out. It takes more effort to walk up a mountain than it does to walk across a plain. You know, I had calluses through my gloves. I had padded gloves on for riding that motorcycle, and I had calluses underneath those gloves. Now, in Texas, set the cruise on that Harley. No big deal, man. We're just rolling. We're moving. Man, from here to Amarillo, set the cruise, lay back, let it roll start to get in the mountains you can't set a cruise in the mountains (laughs) Uh -uh. i mean it's uh, you're going down around corners up uh, here and, and it's always on on the throttle clutching breaking here and there man you're always moving and i had calluses through my my padded gloves that i had on it's tough working in the mountains that's the way it is in our christian life sometimes we just get wore down by the mountains you know, it wouldn't be so bad, but our pathway that we're going on is filled with all these mountain ranges and stuff. We want to, to uh, you know, affect a change for God, but there's some hills, there's some mountains in our way out here. You know, in the church universal, the body of Christ, you know, we want to turn, you know, the talk today is, to, is turning our declining churches into vitalized, missionary, soul-winning, soul-saving stations, but... We have some mountains in the way. Now, we want to transform our um, ruined cities. I'm going to just some notes here, I jotted down from looking in some of the the magazines, the church magazines for pastors. We want to transform our ruined cities and severely distressed neighborhoods into empowered and thriving communities. But they didn't say this, I said it. But we have some mountains in our way. Yeah, we want to feed the hungry, welcome the stranger into our midst, clothe the naked, and, and comfort those who mourn. But we got some mountains <laughs> in our way. And it seems like that the mountains won't move. I don't know about you. Maybe y'all don't have this problem. Maybe you don't have this problem. But sometimes it just seems like the mountain won't move. And it's like, really? <laughs> and you can wear yourself out on that mountain. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And it's not that we don't have faith to move the mountains. I've faith, but why is it that the mountains won't move? You know, I believe most of us are confident that we could move the mountains only if somebody would just clear out all these hills. <laughs> <laughs> I can take that mountain, I can move it. If you just get all these hills out of the way, all you know, these mountain ranges out of the way, isn't that Right? It's like we can take it on, but we've got all these hills, you know, before we get to the mountain. sometimes. It's the little things sometimes that pulls us down. Wow. It just seems like sometimes we can't even get to the mountain that we need to be removed because we're confronted by so many hills that's all around us. We can't address the real issues because of the pettiness around us. Hmm, now, now it's going to get serious. You know, we can look on a national level, on a maybe even a global level, but on a national level, you know, our nation can't address the mountains of terrorism, falling stock prices, and race relationships because we're still distracted by global warming and LGBT and, and tolerism, and maybe even a spotted owl or two. I, I, you know, we can't take care of the mountains because we've got all these other things. You know, we can't confront the mountains of social injustice or sexism or classism because, you know, we got other things. There's so much bureaucracy and, and stuff that we got to go through before we can even get there. we got to climb over the conflicts of interest and the policies and procedures in, in our Congress and, and all the bureaucratic red tape. They can't take care of the real mountains because we got all this other junk. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, even our churches on a nationwide basis can't deal with the mountains of violence or drugs or, you know, failed marriages because, you know, we're separated as, as churches. Really, I mean, past denom- denomination, but we're, we're separated by ridges of doctrine and dogma and denominationalism, basically. It's sad. I was the president of the Ministerial Alliance here for close to, what, nine years? And... Um, it's amazing that seems like you can't get churches together because we're separated by the hills, not the mountains. We can't we can't move the mountains of homeless people and the unemployed masses or pregnant teenagers because you know we're besieged by the mountains of or the mounds of I guess you know most churches church folk fighting over pews and stained glass and some other things you know i mean sometimes we fight over the the petty things that are there remember where there's a battle over hymnals you know <laughs> don't have any hymnals or we don't sing anymore out of the hymnals and i mean all those kind of things i mean you know what i'm talking about hopefully we come past some of those here but you know we can't deal with the real issues because we're surrounded by the individuals making mountains out of molehills <laughs> all these little things and and we wonder you know why won't a mountain move well maybe we just need to go to the mountain of God and get our lecture and turn ourselves around and we maybe we need to stand in the gap for not just our church not just our family but for the church and for the nation and for nations too. but we gotta get our house in order You know, even in our personal life, we can't deal with real issues because we're distracted by other issues. We can't deal with our, our troubled marriages because we're distracted by our careers and, and social obligations. We can't deal with our troubled teenagers because we're focused on making ends meet. We can't deal with the emptiness that we feel inside because we are caught up in our own insecurities. These are just some things I jotted down. You know, it seems like that our distractions, those various mountains and, and molehills that are there have become places of worship, in a sense. Worship is just when we, it's extreme devotion. And we get so extremely devoted to some, some of these things that we really miss true worship. And these things prevent us from pursuing God's vision. And we tend to worship the aesthetic rather than focusing on the pragmatic. You know, we're more concerned about this and that or whatever, you know. and I've seen churches split because they didn't get the right color carpet. Half of them wanted one color, half of them wanted the other. That's why we didn't get carpet. (laughs) Might have been a better issue. (laughs) You know, we'd rather worship our way than walk in a godly way. That's what's happening in the church universal, in the church, you know, in the body of Christ as general. And it's a sad thing. As a result, churches have more, churches have more programs than than ministries, more social clubs than than fellowships and, you know, music ministries that are more like a glee club men's and women's Bible studies that seem like it's Boys and Girls Club or something like that. And, you know, Bible studies that become the Book of the Month Club. I mean, what's happened to the church, the, the body of Christ? Not just talking about this church, but I'm talking about the church. And people, we wonder why that some of the big mountains around us, you know, in our nation and in nations around the world, why things are happening the way that they are. Hmm. Where are we? Where are we? You know, if only those days that Micah was talking about, Micah and Isaiah were talking about there, Isaiah chapter 2, you know, we spoke of in the last days, he said, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains, among all these other kingdoms, above all these other authorities, his mountain will be established as chief above those things. Man, wouldn't that be awesome? There was a time that they wouldn't think of having any activities on Sunday because that's the day of church. You know, I also wouldn't schedule anything on Wednesday night because I had to go to church on Wednesday nights, right? I mean, things have changed, you know, and it's almost like we got the tail wagging the dog instead of the dog wagging the tail. And in the society, I mean, it's, people don't think anything about what is best for the body of Christ. And the thing is, we go right along with it most of the time. You know, if only we could get people to leave their mountains of false worship and go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob as he said you know it starts by coming to right here this is how it starts you came today it starts by coming here coming to his house he's established local churches to build bodies to build up his body universal and this is how it starts this is how you start coming to the mountain of the Lord by coming to church by saying you know what I gotta go I, I can't remember as a child ever going to the doctor until I was my teenage years we lived on uh, at that time we would moved to Lake Texoma and I was swimming in the lake all the time and I would get ear, ear infections because of just the lake water sometimes you know, couldn't get it out and so, I mean that I remember I think one time my parents taking me to the doctor the reason for that was they just pray for me you know when we were little it's like if we were sick then we sure had to go to church because we had to get prayer we didn't have Obamacare. <laughs> we had Jesus cares, you know. And, and I tell you what, we were healthy. Uh, and uh, my, you know, my mom would tell me that I never had the mumps, measles, or chicken pox because when my sisters were having them, I was real small. My closest sister to me is four years older than me, and so they all had these things, run, and they just lay hands on me and pray over me. And she said, one time I ran a, a, a low-grade fever i've been around it i've been in hospitals from aids to everything else and i've never got it never we've been through uh, africa and, and through all their hospitals and dead people laying in different places and i never caught any of that stuff you know why um, mama cared <laughs> it's mama care that's what it is it's mama care it's god care i mean that's what we used to look at i mean that's when you uh, we got to get to church and now it's like what can we do not to have to go to church I'm sorry. But remember, there in Hebrews, that's the New Testament, it says don't turn away the one that's speaking. I believe the Lord's saying this. I I wrote these things down so it wouldn't just be me, what I heard God saying. But it starts by coming to the house of God. The church today is dwindling, people. It's because we don't care. We just don't care like we used to care. I mean, we are living, I understand we're living in those last days, which is called in the Bible, the, day, the Laodicean age, of where that they're just, where he spoke to them and said, I would that you be hot or cold, but you're just lukewarm. You make me sick. I want to spew you out of my mouth. I know we're living in those days, and it's harder today. Yes, it's harder today, but I want to tell you something. His coming is soon, and you think it's hard now. <laughs> Those that are left behind when he comes, it'll really be hard. If you can't take a stand for Jesus now, how are you going to take a stand when you're threatened? I don't know. You know, if only we could get caught up in godly worship rather than spiritless routines. If only we could empower people to pursue the vision of a place where the hungry are fed, the homeless have shelter, the sick are healed. And the captives are free. If only. If only someone would just move these stinking mountains. (laughs) These distractions out of our way. If only. But see, sometimes we don't think of them as distractions. They're just beautiful. I like to go to the mountains. Especially this time of the year. (laughs) Because it's nice and cool there, you know. We get to go up to Denver and... And a lot of times in the month of February, and preach at a conference there. And it's just so pretty. You look around, you see the mountains, and pretty soon, you know, it's just like, it's just you just think it's part of the scenery and you just it's just you know and then we settle into it we settle into it until you got out there and tried to literally walk up some of them and or drive up some or get out of the car and try to go across them. then it gets difficult but what i'm st- thinking of is this that sometimes we just take it as our na- we take the mountain ranges in our life these distractions and these hindrances in our life just as the scenery the natural scenery around us and then we just kind of block it off because as we go up there we say oh man these mountains are oh i don't even think of them anymore They don't because they see them all the time. You know, we see flatland here. When we go back to Kansas, I never realized that Kansas actually had some rolling hills. And they're right, Bill. Bill's from Kansas. You know, I thought, where did all these hills come from? I didn't think that, you know, you actually park on an incline there. You have to set your parking brake. You don't have to do that here very often. when you're getting your ins- car inspected, but, I mean, you know, it's like, never notice that. Why? Because it was just part of the routine, and that's what happens in our life, is that these distractions, these mountain ranges, these hills around us, we don't notice them anymore because they just become part of the scenery. And we don't know that we need to move them, because they're just there. It's just part of the routine. You know, hmm. We just, um, if somebody would just move those mountains, maybe then we could get to the mountain, or Mount Zion, which is higher than all of these hills out here. Maybe then, you know, we could get to that place where our churches are filled with disciples rather than members. Maybe then we could get to that place where we have those that are honoring the Lord with their first fruits rather than just maybe a tip now and then. Uh-oh, now it's getting tough in here. You know, if only someone would just conquer those mountains and lead us to Zion, then, you know, maybe then we could worship the Lord in all areas of our life, maybe then, if only. Well, I want to tell you something. If we look at Isaiah 25, can we go there for a second? Since it's Father's Day, we'll honor our Father, our Heavenly Father. Because we want to get to His throne. Isaiah addresses these concerns that we've just talked about. Isaiah 25, in verse 6. Listen at what Isaiah says. And he's talking about this mountain of God. And we put it in the perspective of Hebrews 12 that we come to now. He says in Isaiah 25, verse 6, On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, wine, the best meats, uh, and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all people, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth the Lord has spoken. He gives us a prophecy to what has has become uh, really a reality, and that is that someone has conquered all these hills. (laughs) Someone has conquered it. Someone has, has made every mountain and hill low now. Someone has made the, the crooked places straight and the rough places plain. Someone has, has caused the mountains to, to be carried into the midst of the sea and uh, the hills to be shaken uh, and, and removed. There's a hymn by George Bernard. He says... Um, in, in, that uh, the conquest looks the, the place, he, the, what, the song he wrote is on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. On that hill these things were accomplished. These things were taken care of. That mountain accomplished a lot and and on that mountain you see he made a way then for us to conquer these hills, these mountain ranges that we think we want somebody else to come in and take. If somebody would just do this for us then we could get to the mountain of God. It's just the natural scenery around us. Well, we need to realize, we need to come to Mount Calvary and receive from him and that strength, and we'll be able to do it. I want to pause here, and I want to pray. I want to stop today, and we'll finish the rest of this because there's seven points of what to do when that mountain won't move. But while we're focused on his mountain and on what he did at Calvary, I want us to pray today. And I I want us to pray for ourselves and for our households and for this church, but also for our city and for our nation, for the church of the living God. People, you know, we need the body of Christ universally to take a stand. Can you imagine if the body of Christ would just be, if the church would be the church? What would happen? If the church down the street would begin to take a stand and knock out mountains, we'd be stronger, it'd be easier for us to knock out mountains. But sometimes we have so much division around us that we think, well, we're doing our little thing. We gotta do our thing. That's not the way it works. So we've got to pray that somehow or another, that churches around this nation and around the world will begin to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. That we need to take, we need to invade those places. We need to come into the courts of heaven in Mount Zion collectively as a church. <laughs> And then come out and begin to dispel the mountains around us. I want to pray for you this morning. Heavenly Father, just a vast amount of stuff that we're taking in here. Sometimes it's kind of hard to grasp, especially when sometimes it feels like that there's a fog around and we can't really see all the things that we need to see. But thank you for the invitation that you've given to us to come to you. There is a heavenly city. There is a heavenly Mount Zion there is the courts of heaven what a beautiful picture that that Paul wrote about there in Hebrews and as he laid it out that all the angels are present and that uh, The great and noble company is there and God you are there on your throne Christ is there the mediator and Father, that we have this invitation to come and that we need to do this and we need to get serious about this and that we need to come and and allow you to just Shake us, Lord, and shake us loose from the things, the distractions, the hindrances that, that we've allowed in our life and to wake us up and then to shake those things loose from, loose from us that would be holding us back. Father, we put our, our trust in you. When the mountains won't move, we just got to trust you and we got to come to you. So Father, today I ask that you would give each one of us a desire to come into your presence, that we would purpose in our heart that we're going to spend some time with you, however that comes about. If it's on our morning drive, uh, if it's sometime in the evening, if it's in the early, early morning, if we have to make time there, whatever, Father, individually, that each one of us individually would set this time apart to come before you. That, Father, that we could just then begin to hear from you that you would direct us. As we saw there the things that that you wanna do, you wanna show us your ways, you wanna reveal yourself to us. You wanna teach us your ways. You want us to walk in your ways. Lord, just help us to be willing to do that. We ask that you just help spur us on a little bit. That we would get serious about your kingdom and that we wouldn't just settle in and, and think that just these distractions around us are just part of the scenery. That's just part. Of, that's just the way it is. That's just the world we live in. That's just the way it is anymore. That we won't accept things for just the way that it is. But we will make things be the way they ought to be. Call things that aren't as if they are. Father, help us to be like that group of people, the Philadelphia church, who kept the word of your patience and uh we didn't deny your name begin to exercise your character who you are and portray that to to this world lord that our commitment would be renewed to you today again that we wouldn't just settle into complacency but father that we would be stirred up that as things change around us and try to bring us into to that and just settle into to the distractions and the the hills around us that would try to just govern us and make us complacent, Father, that we would rise up and we would shake ourselves, Father. Today, as you're praying, can you just renew your your commitment to the Lord? Can you just come to him and say, Father, stir me up. Work in me. Show me areas in my life where I need to some things I need to step away from show me hindrances in my life that I've allowed there's a lot of mountains that are there because we didn't speak to the mountain we allowed the mountain to come because maybe it wasn't a very big mountain so we settled for things as they are but can you ask the Holy Spirit to give you insight to really speak to those things to recognize those things and then change those things in your life so that you can renew your commitment to the Lord where have you allowed yourself to settle in sometimes we see how far then that we've how far in the valley we are and then just renew your commitment to the Lord today if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your savior you've never been to mount calvary where he changed things You can do that today. If you're not sure of eternity, if you're not sure where you're gonna spend eternity, you can know. If you're not sure today, if there's question marks in your mind when you think of death and dying, why don't you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me, I'm really not sure where I'm gonna spend eternity. That's you, just, just hold up your hand and say, will you pray for me, Pastor? If you're here and you say, Pastor, I understand what you're talking about. It seems like things just, we don't really know how it happens but it's like that all of a sudden it's just again like the mountain range like the scenery changes and we think that that's just the way it is that's just the times that we're living in but those are distractions and hindrances and and I feel like that I've grown more complacent than what I used to be if that's you why don't you just you don't have to hold up your hand but why don't you right now just say Lord can you just shake me right now and help me shake me loose from the distractions I renew my commitment to you If you're making that statement, just raise your hand to the Lord and say, Father, I renew my commitment to you. Man, I'm going to put my hand up on that. Father, I renew my commitment to you right now. Father, that we'd be who you need to be, who you need us to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Father, help us to be aggressive, but help us to be discerning that first we come before you and we get that direction from you before we just run out and try to tackle a mountain. Then we can speak with authority. We can speak with faith to that mountain and believe. (laughs) And it's going to, it has to, it has to go. We need that. We need that assurance. So that we won't doubt in our heart, but we believe that the things that we say will be done. Then, Father, it will be done. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. I want all of our dads just to stand wherever you are in the, in the congregation. You don't have to come forward today, but all the dads to stand. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for dads today. Amen. I'll tell you what, men. We've got, we got an awesome challenge before us because we're leaders. We're supposed to be leaders. We have responsibility. We have godly responsibility to be head of our household. And, and um, so, you know, a lot of these things are up to us. All the things that the Lord's speaking to the church, they're going to be activated with some of the steps that we take. We need to be a leader that that we go into, we go up on the mountain, <laughs> we go into the presence of God. And that uh, for our family to, to intercede for our families and you know for our kids and for this church, that we need to be intercessors and need to be men of God. Be strong, as Jesus said. He's, you know, and when he spoke to his disciples, be men, be strong. And, and take our authority. So I want to pray for, uh, for the men today. Father, I thank you for these godly men, these dads today, these leaders that you've called and raised up uh, over uh, households, over their families. Father, we need your guidance. We need your direction. We need your wisdom. We need your strength. Father, we just pray right now for each family that's represented here by the, the dads that we have that are standing fathers and grandfathers, Lord, you need some men today to take that leadership role. You need some men to be men, men of God today that know how to pray, that know how to, to touch your throne, to know how to access your throne, know how to stand in the gap and intercede. Father, teach us. We present ourselves to you today as a living sacrifice. This is our reasonable form of worship. So, Father, we need you today. We need to follow your example as our heavenly Father. Father, I pray over these men, release that spirit of wisdom and understanding and tenacity and boldness and strengthen the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise this morning. All right. Well, we're going to have you all stand. Let's pray together. Can you just join hands? If you one or two, or two two or three together, just joining. And uh, let's pray. Father, thank you that you brought us together as a body. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Light Christian Center. Thank you for the, the mission that you've given to us. Father, raise us up and we call in the harvest from the north, the south, the east and the west, Father, to come into this house, Lord, that they might be ministered to and, Father, that they would be blessed and, Father, that they can take their place among uh, the ministry that you've uh, called us to. And so, Lord, we bless those on our right hand and those on our left hand that they would have a great week, Father. And as we join together uh, midweek and to, to get over the mountain pass on Wednesday, Father, that, uh, that we would be strong. And, Father, we expect divine opportunities to come our way that we can share who you are, your goodness, and, uh, Father, share about you and, and, and what you've done in our life. And, Father, that you give us opportunity to, p- to pray for others, to lead others to you. We're excited about it now, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you now. Have a